And David heard of it and went out against them. Let's stop there and let's just learn the lesson. This is what we're going to do for the next 15 to 25 Sundays. When the enemy hears something good is happening in your life, he will come against you. And he's going to have some problems because you're going to walk in kingdom reality and you're going to defeat everything that he does. But you need to understand that when good things are happening, that is when the greatest battles you face, not when bad things are happening, it's when good things are happening. It says David heard of it, and David went out against them. Now, David probably was the greatest warrior that was ever known of Israel. So the lesson is, with the enemy, be offensive, not defensive. There are too many Christians that in their prayer life, in their thought processes, they're defensive and not offensive. Because why? Because we get confused on the next steps. What do we do? So we're going to learn today of the basics of Christianity and the simplicity of Christianity and how we can live our lives in victory, even though there is an attack of the enemy. Let's continue, verse 9, 1 Chronicles 14. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God. Let me say that again. And David inquired of God. When I repeat something, that's usually where you need to underline that, because that's very important. Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place. Baal Perizim. Let me say it again. Baal Perizim. And when they left their gods there, the Philistines left their gods there, their idols, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. David describes here a breakthrough, and we are going to have a breakthrough life of water, a dam that breaks and the water gushes out. This speaks of in your life and in my life that sometimes there are areas of our life are like a dam. You've been praying for things for a long time and it just seems like it's being held up somehow, some way. But when we grab a hold of the truth that we're gonna learn in the next few months, is what we're going to see is we're going to see those dams broken and the Holy Spirit and the work of God and the breakthrough is going to come in your life and in my life and it's going to be like the gushing of water that anything in the way that it will not stop what God is doing. Now let me explain it a little bit better to you. I heard this in a conference. They actually brought it in. They had a drill bit. And they had a piece of wood. And they were talking about that, and they pressed on it and pressed on it. You know when you use a drill bit, some of you that have, you know that it's hard. Sometimes the wood is harder. And, and you're pressing and pressing and pressing. And finally, all of a sudden, it breaks through to the other side. And now there's actually nothing that is resisting. So once a breakthrough that we're talking about takes place, there is no more resistance and it will become easy. Areas that have been hard in your life will become easy. Let's go on. This is what God wants to do in every area of our lives. God wants you to move to new levels. Everyone say new levels. New levels. Say it louder, new levels. New levels. God wants you to move to new levels in your life in his kingdom, and breakthrough where you need a breakthrough. How many you need a breakthrough? Yeah, yeah. 
And it's called, here it is, a promised season. You have prayed and God has promised you. And it seems like everywhere you turned, it was dammed up and it's not happening. But this is the promised season. We're gonna learn how do you prepare yourself and how do you walk in this anointing that you have breakthrough in every area of your life? So here's the question. How would you like to have breakthrough with no more resistance? You're thinking of that area right now. Seems like every time you turn around, there's resistance in that area. How would you like to have an area, that area become easy? All right, let's go on. In God's kingdom, there are seven areas of breakthrough that I have for you. And these areas are for, you got the sheet, 2021 and 2022. These years are gonna be the promised years where you're gonna find breakthrough. And let me just say this before I go on. There's nothing wrong with God. God didn't miss it, what he said to you. What he has written in his word is not wrong or was misinterpreted by the writer. It is all right there what God had said. And what he said is going to be a breakthrough in your life in these areas. But you must know to do two things in the breakthrough. There must be two truths that you understand to break through. Now, we're going to cover areas of your faith and or your personal walk with God. Every one of us, me included, need to grow up in some areas of our lives. I'm not being harsh here. I'm just being honest and being a shepherd. We're gonna have breakthrough in our family. How many of you had those people in your family that you really would rather go to bed on a bed of nails than hang out with them? <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Some of you are honest with me. Your finances. And a lot of you, when I say finances, you're gonna be thinking, Okay, those are the weeks we're going to go on vacation because he's going to talk about the tithe and giving. <laughs> huh. But I'm going to talk about how do you steward the money that you have. I got people in our church that when they talk, I won't name their names this time, <clears throat> when they talk about finances, I listen to them because they know finances. And they realize what finances are all about. And I listen to them, I learn from them. I actually want to sit down like a child sitting before Jesus because they have the wisdom of God in those areas. But I'm going to give you wisdom how to steward your finances. You know, the, the difficulty is not really about God blessing you. The difficulty is how we handle the blessings we get. Hmm. Freedom bondages in our lives. And here, I think, is one that I had to learn a little bit just because of the, and I'm going to say it, the stresses of ministry. Because when I was young, I was the practical joker. I was the, you know, and just the stresses of ministry. I mean, I'd, I'd tell a joke and some person would get offended. I didn't want them offended, so I'd stop telling jokes. I stopped, you know, laughing about things because if I laughed about things, someone might take it wrong. And so I got really boring. Don't ask my wife, but I got really boring. And, and I learned to have fun. I love to laugh. I love to have fun. I love to joke with people. Uh, the other day I was on the phone. Um, actually, I was sitting in a hospital um, because uh, our uncle, Terry's uncle, um, if he does not receive a miracle, will not be with us. And so Terry was in visiting with him because only one person could go. And I was praying, but uh, then I got a 
phone call about uh, a wedding that I was going to do. And I was on the phone with them and joking around and laughing. Then all of a sudden, the person on the phone said, are you laughing at me? And I went, oh, gee, you know. I'm going to have, yeah, I'm laughing at you. See, we're going to learn how to break through and have fun. And watch this, number six and seven, I'm going to have you fill in the blank. Because there's areas that you know you need breakthrough. There's areas that you know this is so important for you to break through. So let's just now, real quickly, and I'm going to go real fast here. So if you're taking notes, I apologize. But I'm going very fast. Seven areas we will break through in the years 2021 and 2022. The area of your faith and your personal walk with God. Some of you struggle in reading the Word of God. You're going to have a breakthrough. Some of you actually love God with all your heart and you're great Christians, but you don't read the Word of God. And you need a breakthrough in that. Your understanding of the Bible, your understanding of worship. We're going to release this worship team to speak and pastor us into greater worship than we've ever understood before. It's not about having uh, a, a voice that God is so pleased with your voice. Let me just say this to you. God doesn't listen to the tone of your voice. He listens to your heart. And so the tone of, tone of your voice is awful. And some of you know who you are. Sing anyways, because he loves your heart. And let me just say this to you. I love your heart too. I want your heart to sing and to make a joyful, yeah, that's a good word, noise unto the Lord. Second one, family. You might have children, grown children. There are areas of that with your children of discipline, areas of, of direction for your children, and or you have fed them the word of God and they've grown up and now they don't even go to church. There's areas that God's going to show you how to bring them back to the kingdom of God. If you're single and you're believing God for a spouse, you're going to learn who to be to receive that. Single, married, or divorced, you will have a breakthrough. There will be a breakthrough. Now, I got to pause there because I know how when, when prophetically you're speaking, uh, some of you say, Pastor said I'm going to have a spouse by 2022. I didn't say that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I said there will be a breakthrough, and I'm just going to give you a hint of about 12 weeks from now, that that's not your greatest need. But it, because it's not your greatest need anymore, God will bring you something that's greater than you could ever wish for. Okay. So in 12 weeks, make sure you're here. Your finances. I said a little bit about this. You will have no more resistance. Matter of fact, there's a lot of us that struggle financially. We don't have resistance of getting money. We struggle with using money correctly and seeing money where money needs to be in our life. And we're going to learn how to steward that. I'm going to show you how to handle money. Freedom. Areas of our lives that there are strongholds or bondages. To get free from anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness, resentment, and lust. To get free of these things. Breakthrough in areas of freedom. A breakthrough in fun. The church needs a breakthrough in fun. Your pastor needs to be free to have fun with you. Amen? You don't know what you wish for because I'm going to. You know what? Satan didn't create fun either. God did. Satan corrupted fun. God created the sun. He created the ocean. He created mountains. He, he created snow. My wife does not like being in snow, but you know what? A lot of people love to go snow skiing. They have fun with that. Climbing mountains, looking at mountains, swimming, uh, skiing, just whatever it is, just have fun. 
God put you here for a season to enjoy life. We need to be the people that have the most fun in church. That's why VFAM, we're going to be VFAM. And uh, we're, we're just going to have fun with one another. We're going to laugh. We're going to joke. You know, it's not all, I'll tell you what, you know, I just want you to have fun with me too. I love to joke around. Have fun. I remember a day that um, we had one of my mentor pastors, Pastor Bradford, who pastored here, and uh, he was OCD. In other words, he washed his hands all the time. We used to go in the staff in restaurants and meet him for a meeting, and we'd all come at certain times and shake his hand. Well, he'd have to get up and go wash his hands. So he had to wash his hand 10 times before he ate, ate dinner. We did that on purpose, had fun. <laughs> also, he had this one car that he, you know, it's like I think he hired somebody just to stand by the car and make sure there was no spot on it. So it was always clean. Well, one of the elders went ahead and, and got a fake uh, Coke can, like it spilled a spot and put it on his trunk. So when he walked out, he didn't know what to do because when he walked out, there was about 100 people out in the parking lot <laughs> waiting for it. Some of you probably remember that. And, you know, we had fun and you just hear him, his laugh, his gushing laugh was, ha, 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 ha. He would do that and laugh like that. And, you know, some people say he was loud. No, I loved it because he loved to have fun. And he allowed us, I mean, we didn't do it all the time, but he allowed us to have fun. And I just want us to learn, and we're going to actually teach for two or three weeks on having fun. That's why we're going to have the Sunday nights off, three months out of the year, because I want you to have fun. During the summer, we're probably going to do this every single year. During the summer months, we're going to... In the fall, we're probably going to jump to two services again. But in the summer, we're going to go to one service because people, I want to encourage you not to not come to church, but to have fun and go on vacation. Make church and your brothers and sisters important to you, but go on vacation and have fun and rest. There are too many stressed out believers. I walk out in the courtyard and all of a sudden, pastor walks up, me, and everybody goes, Hi, Pastor. I want to go, have fun, laugh. Amen. All right, I'll, I'll go on. And number six and seven are for you to fill in for yourself. But where do you need a breakthrough personally? What's going on in your life? You don't need to come to my office and tell me. You need to go to the Lord and tell him. And hear what he says. So for the next, I'll say it, for the next six months or so, we will be people that grow and go to new levels in areas of our lives, and the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you. And that's a prophetic word from straight from heaven. So turn to James chapter 2. Let me show you two truths that we must know in the beginning of this whole series. James 2 verse 14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but, not, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Everyone say dead. dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Drop down to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works is dead also. So what are the two truths that cause breakthrough in our life? Faith and works. I'm going to simplify Christianity to you today. Christianity will be so simple, faith and works. So let's talk about faith first. 
Faith, simply, you believe God for whatever he says. Let me just say it again. Faith, simply, identified is you believe God for what he said. Okay, let's go on. So I'm not just going to tell you just have faith, but how to have faith. There's a lot of people that just have faith, but there's no works. So in 1 Chronicles 14, let's look at verse 9. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. Verse 10, and, and David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them in your hand. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Remember the explanation of a dam. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And when they left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and they were burned with fire. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Therefore, David inquired again of God. Notice that, inquired again. Remember, that's a clue, underline that. And David inquired again of God, and God said to him, you shall not go up after them, circle around them, and, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. Oh, that's cool. God's telling him how to defeat the enemy. But notice, David inquired of God. See, the key to having faith is to ask God. David asked God. God said yes. Now David had faith. David didn't crawl on the ground for a mile. David didn't run around and try to figure out how to look good and dress right and all the different things. David had faith because he inquired of God and God told him something. You have all the faith in the world when you ask God and he tells you the answer. We're going to learn how do you get the answer from God? How does God tell you things? You don't act or move with presumption. You don't have to figure it out. If you just ask God, you will have faith. If you're dealing with your children, ask God how to deal with it. And once God speaks to you, you have all the faith you need. Pastor, you're getting really, really simple. That's not how religion taught me. No, because religion will cause you to have works without faith. If you ask God about your marriage, and once he tells you, you have all the faith you need for your marriage. When you hear God, faith goes to the top level in your life. We hear all about growing up in faith. Yes, renewing our mind to the word. We're going to talk about how to grow in faith. But I'll tell you, when you hear God, like David heard God, you have all the faith you need to win and to defeat the enemy. Because your battle is not flesh and blood. David didn't have to ask anyone else what to do. Now, I just want you just understand this. David, again, was a warrior. He just needed to ask God. You might be really good at what you do, but if you don't inquire of God, you're not going to have faith in what you do. You're just going to have works without faith, and that doesn't work. That's called dead faith. Now, let me explain David to you. Ladies, let me explain David to you also. David wasn't a frail person. David was tall. We always see the pictures of this little boy with a sling. Gonna get you. He was tall and he was muscular. And when he was king, he wasn't a little boy. He was big, strong, and tough. Matter of fact, let me just be straight to you. David killed people. 
That's why he couldn't build the temple. Because on his hands was a lot of blood. He was the greatest warrior that ever lived in Israel. David wanted to marry a woman. He went to the father to ask her hand. And the guy said, if you want my daughter, then you go kill 100 of my enemies. The Bible tells us that David got mad and went and killed 200. Ladies, if David walked in here, you would stop looking at me and you would look at him. David grabbed the lion. Watch this. We say little boy. David grabbed the lion by the hair of his chin, the Bible said, and struck the lion and the lion died. If David was a boy, he was a good-sized boy. He killed a bear with his hands. They sang songs. Saul had slain thousands, but David slayed ten thousands. So here's what David does. Here come the Philistines. David says, God, what do you want me to do? Now, I don't know. This, let me just give you this illustration. The armies used to, years ago, line up for battle. And David takes his Bible and walks into a private room or tent alone, and he inquires of God. David was a warrior. David didn't have to ask anybody how to kill someone or take off their head like Goliath. The mighty man of God would tell the younger soldiers, you, you study uh, Josephus and history, that, that they would tell the younger uh, soldiers the stories of David, the stories of, of Saul, the stories of many of the mighty men of God, so they could learn really how to go to battle. And every story was, when they went to battle, before it, they inquired of God. So the mighty men of God tell the younger soldiers uh, who, because they're young and strong and just sometimes dumb, and they want to run and attack the soldiers because they know they're good at what they do. But the mighty men of God would say, wait, David is acquiring things from the Lord. And I want you to understand that's a good thing. Let me say this to you. You're facing some battles in your life. And you might be good at what you do. But your battle is not flesh and blood. Your battle is the Lord's. And he's the one that brings the victory. He's already, remember, finished complete. He's already done that. But the reality, he's going to tell you how your faith works. He's going to tell you what to do, to wait and so when David walks out of the room, they tell him he's going to have a word from God. And when he has a word from God, that's what works for us. See, a lot of people think, you know, the people like Billy Graham and stuff like that. Oh, oh, he was so good at what he did. Yeah, he was. But if you read his books and you listen to him, and I worked for him in Minneapolis when his office was there. And he would come around. I was in the mail room, and he'd come around. And all of a sudden, I hear, how you doing, Gary? I turned around, it's Billy Graham. And I just went, uh, 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 I'm okay. <laughs> you know, but I learned he puts on his shoes just like I do. But he inquired of God all the time. That's what you and I need to do. Faith works. Faith and works. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, once you have a word from God, every area of your life, faith will go to new levels. That's the promise and prophetic word of the Lord. Faith works. You're gonna go to new levels in your life because why? God speaks and he's still speaking to you. The reason you respond in faith is because you heard God. 
Faith comes by hearing God. You won't have breakthrough unless you have faith, and you won't have faith unless you hear God. So when I'm talking about reading the Word of God, I'm talking about spending time in prayer, getting in that secret place, and, and, and a quiet time, whatever you want to name it. Is that so important? It's not just a religious thing. It is something that is so simple. Whatever you do, however good you are, here, here it is, my English, you will become very much gooder when you hear God. So what practical thing you can do the next two years is set aside time with God to hear God. Make it a point. Oh, I've never done that before. That's so hard. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because you don't understand the importance of what that is. Well, I'm a faith guy. Okay, are you listening to God? Oh, I don't have time. I'm just a faith guy. I'm just doing it. Busy for God. Busy for God. Your faith is dead. How come nothing's happening? Your faith is dead. Because you're doing it under your own power and what you think. Faith is not a blind leap. It is an educated step. I told that to this congregation the first day I was here. Returned. Faith is not a blind leap. It is an educated step. Scripture says that his word is a lamp unto your feet. In other words, a lamp unto your feet. If you stick a lamp in a large room, after you walk away from that lamp, it will become dark. but it'll be light where your feet are. But as you walk away from it without hearing God, the word, it will become dark in the area even though you think you have faith. Hmm. Take time to hear God, your personal walk with God, your family, your finances, your freedom, and having fun and the two things. In 1 Chronicles 14, the parallel scripture says this in 2 Samuel 5.20. Look at that. You'll see it on the screen. 2 Samuel 5.20, the Lord is Jehovah. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord Jehovah has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Why Baal Perazim? Baal was a Philistine god. Baal is the name of the Philistine God, and David declares the Lord brought the breakthrough from Baal. Why name it Baal Perazim? This mountain is the mountain that the Philistines' gods and idols were stored. So the mountain was called Mount Baal. So what David is saying here is that to the Philistines, this mountain, that's why David went there and named it that, this mountain is where their gods to the Philistines were the strongest. Baal Perazim, this is where Baal was broken through and defeated. Bottom line, this is what David was saying in the scripture. David told everyone, Baal is broken and defeated at his strongest point. The place where the enemy thinks he is the strongest in your life is where Jehovah God wants and will give you a breakthrough in 2021 and 2022. Where you have given up, where you have literally set it aside and wondered how this is going to happen. Some of you young people, you're thinking you've tried to get into this college, you've tried to do this, you tried to do that, and you're frustrated, and you're just trying to blame or thinking, and the enemy's telling you, you know, it's people's fault, it's this fault, their fault, government's fault, or whatever. No, 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 no. No, God's got something for you, and if there's an enemy holding you back, you can have a breakthrough. What you need to do is have faith and have works. How do you do that? By hearing God, by spending time with him. Hmm. So the highest place of the enemy is still, the, still lower than the authority of God. I'll say it again. The highest strength of the enemy is still lower than God. And you're God's kid. We need to receive that. Well, here's the second thing. Let's talk about works. 
According to James, the definition of dead faith is no works. Okay, so I just, okay, that's what pastor's saying. I just got to go, 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 do, do, do. Got to just busy, busy, busy. No, no, no. Learn to have fun. According to James, the definition of dead faith is no works. James 2.20, faith without works is dead or dead faith. So let's tear that apart and find out what does that mean. The proof of faith is works. Follow that thought. 1 Chronicles 14, verse 13. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said to him, You shall not go up after them. Circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. Now look what it says. And it shall be when you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle, for God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. Now that's weird. When you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. How many of you know that would take real faith? You got the Philistine army, you walk around, you're standing there underneath the trees, all of a sudden you're going, I don't hear any marching yet. David goes to the generals. We're not going to attack until we hear soldiers marching on top of the mulberry trees. Now, normally, God said this, normally most people go, what? David, are you really okay? <laughs> Older soldiers, you know what they would say? <laughs> David got a word from God. I'm full of faith. That's what we're going to do. The new soldiers, that's crazy. And they would question whether they should follow God or not. But see, God gave David a word. And he was a leader and people followed the leader. And, and the reality is it came from God. How do you know it came from God? Because the word of God is God's word and what he said. It's not only, it not only took faith, but it took obedience. Here's what works is. Works really means obedience. Too many people are, are busy doing stuff, but are not hearing God's word and obeying. Let me say it again. They're doing stuff, and the stuff is good to man, but they haven't heard God and aren't doing God's work. When you hear God, you have faith, and when you have your faith, you obey what God said. That becomes works. But if you don't have faith, then it can't be God's works. So it becomes dead works. It doesn't accomplish anything. Have you ever done that? You've done, ever said this? You've done everything you could in that area, but it just didn't work. It's probably dead works. You didn't hear God. You did it because it was, in your thoughts, a good thing to do. And in my, man's eyes, woman's eyes, it, it was good. But it wasn't God's works. It wasn't what God said. What did God say to you? And, that, and that's what you find in religious church today. Is everybody's running around the chicken with their head cut off, but their family's falling apart. They're running around and, and they're getting so serious, they're stressed out and they go into depression. Why do they go into depression? Because they're so stressed out, they don't have any time to Sabbath, to rest. And, oh, but pastor, if I rest, then I can't do church. Yes, you can. We hear God at Valley Community Church. We have the direction. We come together often. We work around time frames, everything, work schedules to come to church. Why? To be with people. Because God said, don't forsake the assembling together of the believer. And we come together. What have we done? We've heard God. We have faith. And then we do it because we have faith with works. 
We obey the things of the Lord. But simply what happens is we're not hearing God because we're not hearing God, then we try to work it out. I have been done with working things out years ago. And if you ask my wife, I am a type A personality. My first thought always is, if something goes on, what can I do to fix it now? I've learned to wait on the Lord and to walk in my life, faith with works, hearing what God said to do. And sometimes he tells me to go around it to the mulberry tree and wait for the sounds of marching soldiers. Now, he's never said it that way to me. I've read it in Scripture. He's never said that, but he said, do different. Don't react. Don't act on it. Leave it by itself. I got it covered for you, my, my son. You, you see, faith, with, faith in works. Hmm. So, it not only took faith, but it took obedience. Works are really obedience to what God said. So, too many people are busy doing that stuff, and faith is what you do is you pray, spend time with God, you inquire of God. That's where faith comes from. Works is what you hear from God, you obey. When he speaks, then you do it. And you are, what's, what are we talking about? You are a doer of the word. So here's a simple definition of works. <laughs> Do what God says. Now, some of you ask, how can I hear God? And when I do hear him more clearly, what do I do? Here's the best way to hear God first. Obey the next thing he says. Just do what you hear. Because you know what my problem is, used to be? Is I used to want to have the whole story before I acted on it. I wanted to understand everything because I'm a pastor. I need to. I need to be there for, for the sheep of God. How prideful is that? It's prideful. I had to allow the first test that Joseph faced is pride, I had to allow that to be dismissed out of my own life. Because I was the answer to everybody. No, I'm not. I'm not the answer to anybody except him. I'm not the answer to you. I'm a pastor. I will bring you, my goal is to bring you to the one who does have the answer. My goal is to encourage you to be the one that will go after him and hear God. So here's the best way to hear God. Obey the next thing he says. Just do what you hear. Little promptings. It's not that pizza you ate. Little promptings. You're asking God, little promptings. But, 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 but pastor, what if I miss it? Then you miss it. Oops. You missed it. Well, God's not going to like it. He already knew you were going to miss it. He's going to grab you on the top of the head, pick you up, put you back down in line. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to give you a little promptings to get you back in gear. But, but I don't want to miss it. Then you're not going to hear God. Promptings. You do something. You ever done that? I know I heard God. I did it and everything fell apart. See, your responsibility is hearing God and doing what he says. And God's responsibility is if you heard God and you misinterpreted it and you did something wrong, then it's his responsibility. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll get you back in line. See, we learn either through obedience or consequence. Anybody ever changed because of consequence in your life? You did something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> left hand, right hand, left foot, right foot. Jump up and down a hundred times. Yeah, we've all missed it. Let's go on. 
little promptings. Matthew 7, 24 and 25, uh, last few verses on the, of the Sermon on the Mount, speaks of faith and works. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. You're going to see that story differently now. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock, heard and obeyed. Faith works. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. The difference between the wise man and the foolish man, the wise man heard also, the foolish man heard, the wise man obeyed, the foolish man did not. Faith works. How does God speak? He speaks through a soft, still whisper. In other words, an impression. You read the word of God and he impresses you to do something. And you do it. You're in the grocery store and someone's over there and uh, he impresses you to go and just say something to him. And you do it. Whether they respond or not, you did what God asked you to do. And then also God shouts. It's called revelation. The revelation you get, it's a journey or a season. And what I have given you in that fire is a revelation of what God is going to do. A season of 2021 and 2022 is going to be such breakthrough in all of your lives. Wherever you've been, whatever's going on, I'm believing this. And in my own life, personally, individually, I am going to see great breakthrough in every area of my life. Remember, faith without works is dead. The Bible also talks about dead works. We're almost done here. Hebrews 6 says to repent from dead works. Hebrews 9 says his blood cleanses our conscience so we don't serve through dead works. So the definition of dead works is works without faith, works without hearing God. I know I can frustrate people now. I used to be the kind of guy that just like, boom, done, go after it, boom. Just knock down walls, whatever it takes, get it done, get it done. Lead that way, get it done. Love people, but get it done. And now I've become that man that waits on the Lord. And if I don't hear him, I don't move. I don't. People say, why don't you? Good idea. Good idea. I don't want to walk around with dead works. I'm finished with dead works. I'm finished with no results. Because if it's faith and works, I will always get God's result. Amen? Okay. We're going to have fun the next few months. So a dead work is any work that God doesn't initiate. God didn't initiate it. But, but, but pastor, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm, I'm spending half of my money on all the poor, and I'm doing this. That's good. That's wonderful that you're doing that, but you can't pay your bill. You can't pay your bills. But God just needs to bless me more. Maybe I just need to give more tithe, give more offering. And God, hey, giving is great. Giving more is great. And if you're prompted to do that, you better do that. Amen. If God has blessed you or God says, I want you to reach in your savings account and I want you to give $5,000 to identity, the youth group, then do it. Don't do it and come to me and ask me, do you think this would be a good idea? No, you inquire of God. Amen. We had a, a great family in our church that just believed in what was happening with identity at the beginning and they gave a large check to the identity to, to produce some of the things that we're producing right now. So make it freer for uh, Jack and Lisa to do what they're doing in the team. And, and why is that? Because they heard God and they obeyed faith with works. And I promise you that family will be blessed because 
they had a time where they inquired of God. Many people do a lot of works to please God. But if God didn't speak it, it is a dead work, and dead works don't please God. Let's all stand, please. Pastor, what's my next step? Faith with works. We're going to learn how to walk with God. We're going to get in a group. Some of you, well, I'm in the Word every day. You're going to learn. Don't you come to me and say, I do that. I know that. Don't tell me that. I'll tell you, I know you know, but God knows more. So listen to him. Amen? Amen. So all of us are going to change. All of us are going to go to new levels because that's God's promise. That is a revelation from God, a prophetic word. In your businesses, in your jobs, everything, that's where it's at. So I'm asking you to journey with me and allow me to speak plainly to you in areas of your, your walk with God, in those five areas. I don't need to see number six and seven. You see it. You inquire of God in those areas. You let God show you what those areas are. All those on the screen, I just want to say thank you for being with us. Church family, how wonderful it is. Some people are waving at me. How wonderful it is to see you, to see you hug on you. Oops, should we say that? Yeah, we hugged. If you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. It's okay. But I'll tell you what, I love being with my V-Fam. Amen? Love you. Have a great day. All my life, I've had questions. 